Life is a storm, my young friend. You will bask in the sunlight one moment, be shattered on the rocks the next. What makes you a man is what you do when that storm comes. You must look into that storm and shout as you did in Rome. Do your worst, for I will do mine. Then the fates will know you as we know you, as Albert Mondego, the man. Hi, and welcome back to Consumer's Cut. This is Eli, again, with my special guest, Katie. Hello! Um, today, we're going to talk about a very special movie, uh, The Count of Monte Cristo. Well, you recently rewatched this. I've seen it a couple times. Had you seen it before? I think, yeah, I've seen it, like, twice before we rewatched it, and it was... I just remember being so stunned by the movie. It was just so incredible. Yeah, it's, it's really amazing. I remember watching it as a like a kid watching with my family and growing up and being like, this movie is awesome. And I, I kind of liked it more for the action side of things. And then now being older, I kind of like it for a lot. Um, not only that, but for a lot of other different great themes that it has going on. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. I think when I was younger, there were a lot of different things that I thought were cool about the movie. Like the way that he got back his revenge. I yeah. thought it was really smart and really interesting, but I think like watching it again, as I was older, as I'm older now is really interesting because there's a lot more themes and things that I didn't notice before. Like the, there's a huge like God theme, yeah. which I did never notice before, but I think was really interesting watching when I now at this age of life. So yeah. that was kind of cool. Yeah. I think it has, it has a lot of like religious themes that I think are good and it's not anything forced. I don't feel, but I think it's just a good, a strong message. Um, but the thing I like about it most probably is that it has a lot of good, like, hopeful messages throughout, but it also, like, has a lot of dark moments that make those hopeful messages stronger. Mm-hmm. So so for those of you who haven't seen it or don't know, Count of Monte Cristo is basically about a man who was framed. Um, he gets put into prison for, like, 13 years, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, escapes, find this, finds this treasure, and, like, seeks revenge for the people who framed him. So that's kind of the gist of it. But, um... I freaking love this movie. Mm-hmm. It is so good. It's so good. I I laugh. It has its really funny moments sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I cry because it's like really emotional and you really feel for it. Um, Jim Caviezel is Edmond Dantes. He's the main character. Um, Guy Pierce is Fernand something. I'm not sure. I don't remember his last name. Yeah, Starts on F. But um, has a great cast. Mm-hmm. But uh, I freaking love it. Yeah, solid cast. I know. I think one thing I love about this movie too is. Most movies usually have, like, one big plot twist, but I feel like this movie has, like, multiple big yeah. plot twists that you just don't see coming, and so it just keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole time, and I just think it's very intriguing and interesting to watch, so I love it. Yeah, me too. I think um, one of the main things I love about the movie is, like, the relationship between, or the friendship between Edmond and then Fernand. Um, at the beginning of the movie, they go to this island because the captain of their ship is um like has been injured and they go to this island to like try to see if they can help him um it happens to be the island that napoleon bonaparte is like captured on um and they don't know that and there's like shenanigans that ensue (laughs) wrong (laughs) word for it but it's whatever um but and so that happens and you kind of get a look into edmond and fernand's relationship and how they toss a chess piece to each other when 
um, someone has a good moment in their life and they're the king of the moment or whatever. And I really like that, how throughout their movie it kind of goes back and forth and you see, you hear about their friendship from childhood and how it's progressed and then you learn, oh, this is full of spoilers, by the way. You learn later on that, like, um, Fernand is just a terrible person and has always been jealous of Edmond and because of his natural and abilities and just how good he is as a person. So mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah, and I thought it was really interesting to have this, like, love triangle. I guess not really a triangle because I think the female character, I don't remember her name, but she didn't ever really love Fernand. But her and um, Edmund at the beginning of the movie were engaged and they were about to get married and they just really loved each other. And then when Edmund Edmund gets thrown into prison for 13 years, she ends up marrying Fernand a month later. And I remember the first time I watched it when I was really young, like before they tell you anything else that happens, you just find out that she ended up marrying Fernand a month after Edmund was thrown into jail. And I just remember thinking like, wow, this chick is crazy like she is a horrible person because she said Mm. she loved him and then she married his best friend Fernand like a month after he got thrown into jail or a month after she found out he was dead actually because they told him they told her that Edmund was dead and so she thought he was dead anyway but I just thought she was a horrible person but then you find out later in the movie that she was pregnant with Edmund's kid Mm -hmm. and so that's why she got married so quick to Fernand so she could try and kind of cover that up and so once you find that out, it kind of gives, like, a little bit more perspective, and then you have a little bit more empathy for her, but I just thought it was really interesting how one way that Fernand tried to get back at Edmund, or try to steal Edmund's life, was stealing, like, this girl that he loved and wanted to be with, and so I thought that was an interesting theme throughout the whole movie, and then Fernand ended up cheating on her a bunch and like was just super unloyal and unfaithful and was just this horrible husband but he just wanted just he just wanted the girl just so that he could have what Edmund wanted yeah. which I thought was so interesting yeah her name I just looked it up by the way her name is Mercedes I think. Mercedes so, oh, yeah that, that's oh, yeah, her that makes sense yeah but um no I agree I, I love that aspect of it I think it's really good because at the end you kind of you're like oh that's why she did it and she always loved Edmund. Like, like, I love that. Um, and there's a, I love the score of this movie too. <clears throat> and um, there's this really beautiful song that plays. It goes like. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. I know. That, that's what plays every time that like you, you see them together. And it's like the most beautiful and most tragic song, I think. It mm-hmm. just really does a good job of like showing like. These two people genuinely love each other, yeah. and they lost that love for so many years. Yeah. And now, like when Edmund comes back, and he's a kind of Monte Cristo, and he's like he pretends like he doesn't know her. She sees him again, and she immediately knows that it's him. Mm-hmm. And she like it plays that song, and it's like it breaks your heart because you're like you just want them to be happy, but Edmund's going through this whole revenge process, and it won't let them be together. And I think the score does a really good job of like amplifying it I guess or making you feel exactly what me and Sean's feeling so it's great so true and I think it's really cute how it shows like love is eternal and mm-hmm. it's just so cute I love that how it's like even after 13 years she's still they still both loved each other and so so cute I yeah. love that I'm so sappy too so I oh, love me it. too I love it and I love <laughs> that like when at the beginning of the movie before Edmund gets framed they're saying oh we want to buy a ring and we want to get married um, and 
he doesn't have enough money for a ring and she ties a piece of thread mm-hmm. around her finger and then she's like this will be my ring and then years later like she still has that piece of thread around her ring i'm like oh i love that that's like it's really cute it's really sweet ah it just melts my heart it's oh, no. great so sweet i love i forgot about that part i love that part too i thought it was so tender and then yeah when her and edmund meet back again and he's like why did you not wait you married the very man who betrayed I told you that night on the rocks, remember, that it would never leave my finger, and it never has. Is what she said, and it was just so, it was so touching, because you're like, oh my gosh, she still has this string on her finger. It's so cute, I love that. Yeah, there are a lot of really touching and great relationships in the movie. Another one that I love is um, when Edmund is thrown in prison, um, basically it's this prison, he, he tells to the warden, he's like, I promise you I'm innocent like what I did like I what people think I did wasn't real like I'm innocent and the warden goes I know I really do know you mocked me no my dear Dantes I know perfectly well that you are innocent why else would you be here and through that and when he's in the prison he meets the priest who's played by Richard Harris who um, he played Dumbledore in the first two Harry Potter movies, but I he, I love their friendship and their their relationship. I love I think it's been probably four four years or so that Edmund has been in the prison mm-hmm. when he meets the priest. The priest yeah. is trying to dig his way out of the prison and accidentally winds up in Edmund's um, prison cell, and um, he's so optimistic and he's so witty and fun and happy and he's a really great character. And I love how much they learn from each other, and it's really great. Mm-hmm. I love that, too. And I think um, one really cool thing about the priest is Edmund keeps saying, he loses his faith in God after being in prison for so long. And he keeps saying, like, God is not there for me. Like, he doesn't care about me. Um, but in his cell, when he first got in there, there was a saying in the cell. Oh, what did it say? It was, like, something about God and justice. Yeah. Oh, crap. I'll have to look that up. But... It was something about God and justice, and for four years, he would keep, like, Edmund would keep carving that saying out in his, um, in his prison cell, and after a while, he just gave up and just didn't believe in it anymore, but the priest, throughout the whole time that they were together, was teaching Edmund how to read and write and learn all these awesome skills, but he also tried to build his faith back up in God and was like, no, he didn't abandon you, he's still here for you, and I thought that was so sweet, and I thought it was really awesome that the priest was teaching Edmund how to read and write and do all these things because he couldn't read or write or do really anything with school before he was in the prison but then it made it so that he was way more successful when he escaped mm-hmm. because yeah. then he could really play the part because he was smart because yeah. he had learned all this stuff so I thought that was a very cool touch to add to the movie so I thought that was great for sure and um yeah no I agree with all that and I think the, the quote on the wall I just looked it up is that God will give me justice. Oh, yeah. Because that was a quote. And I and one other quote that I love from that is when I think Edmund says something like, I don't believe in God. It doesn't matter. He believes in you. Yeah, I got chills. So I was like, good. oh, that's a great thing to, yeah. I don't know. I just, it's a lot of, like I said, that's what I love about the movie is people go through these really, Edmund goes through this awful experience and it's like i've i've given up like i'm not i'm out for revenge i'm out for hate i'm out for like 
I've given up hope. And the movie teaches you this lesson of like, you might, that might be where you're at right now, but like God still believes in you. You can still come back. You can, you can have hope no matter what point you're at, which I really like. That's a good message. And I thought something interesting with that too, is like the priest, the whole time is kind of talking to him of, of uh, talking to Edmund and saying, don't use this. Cause he, the priest was the one who gave him the map to find mm. all the riches and stuff. And he was telling Edmund, don't use this to get revenge. Like, don't try and get revenge. Like just go live your life. Yeah. He's telling this to Edmund and Edmund is just so set on getting revenge. And he ends up getting revenge with everything. And it's really cool. And it's very, fascinating and it's probably one of the best parts of the movie is to see this but after he gets all his revenge and all this stuff you can just kind of tell that it really didn't make like a huge difference in his life I'm sure that he felt better a little bit but he was kind of like no the main thing I want is family yeah and, and to move on and so I thought that was an interesting theme that even though he did go through with it and these people got the punishment they deserved is how I felt about it but he still at the end was kind of like you know, I just, I just want to be with my family, right. you know? And so I thought that was really fascinating that everyone was kind of telling him that the whole time. But then I feel like he had to go through that and go through with all the revenge to finally realize that like, he's going to be the most happy and the most fulfilled with being with his family. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he, he realized that like, Oh, revenge is not, it's going to, it's not going to bring him ultimate happiness. Like his happiness, like you said, is going to come from his family and like, um, Although I will say that is a great part of the movie. Yeah. So like the, the, I've heard like the movie's broken up into, I think kind of like segments of like, <clears throat> we have this post prison thing where you see his life. We have him in prison where he's learning learning from the priest. It's really fun. Um, and then we have like him finding the treasure along the way while he's a pirate, he gets this first mate, this guy who's like with him forever. Um, and he's a great character. Um, and he, is like, I'm your right-hand man, basically, for everything. Um, and he's awesome. And then as that, when he finds the treasure, he starts enacting his plan for revenge. And I love that part. And that's what takes up the last half of the movie. And that's really fun watching him, like, basically, like, he stalks his prey. Like, he's, like, watching uh, Fernand and the other man that framed him. Um, there was a judge who framed him for this letter that he didn't give, but it would have put this judge's family, his reputation on the line. And so that's why the judge put him in jail. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah, Edmond as the Count of Monte Cristo, like takes them out like really smoothly. And it's just, it's really cool watching. I think it's, I thought that was, yeah, I just think it's so cool how he is able to just execute all these things almost perfectly. And then I think it's great too, that he ends up being a pirate and then he, he gets this first mate and these friends and then they're the ones who um, really help him execute these things. And then also when Edmund first escaped prison, he swam because the prison is like on this island type thing. It's a, surrounded by a lot of water. And the way he escapes is he gets in the body bag of the oh, priest yeah. that dies. Yeah. And that's another plot twist because you don't think he's going to survive. And anyway, he gets in the body bag of the priest that dies that was helping him try to escape. And they throw him into the ocean he ends up grabbing the keys for the ball and chain that are tied around the body bag that he's in and they throw him into the ocean and he gets the keys and he gets himself out and then um he swims all the way to the other side of the island and there's these pirates that are there and 
that you see this one pirate is laying down and there there's a bunch of pirates that are holding him down. I guess the pirate person is talking to him. I feel like I'm saying pirate a lot. Yeah. But anyway, the, there's... The main pirate. The main pirate. The, <laughs> ma the man laying on the ground is Jacopo. That's his Jacopo. name. Is the right-hand okay. guy. Jacopo. So the main pirate captain, I guess, he's watching Edmund swim up to the shore and um, he kind of does this thing where he says, Jacopo and Edmund, you guys are going to fight to the death and we're going to decide who's in our crew. And so they fight to the death and the priest ended up teaching Edmund swordsmanship too while he was in the prison. And um, it's kind of cool because Edmund overpowers um, Jacopo, but he doesn't kill Jacopo and he says... Instead of me killing him, we're going to, why don't you just take two great swordsmen to have in your crew? And he's like, I like this idea. So the captain takes both of them. And then Jacopo ends up being um, Edmund's like, first-hand man for life. Like He is always there for him. And he helps him execute all these things. And he's actually one of the people that tells him, like, don't go through with this revenge. Yes. But he's like, I'm doing it anyway. And he's like, I'll do whatever you want me to do. But I'm just going to tell you, like, don't go through with this. And so, yeah, anyway, it's like I, really interesting. I love that. I love it because, yeah, the scene <clears throat> Katie's talking about is Edmund is like, just come back as a Count of Monte Cristo. He's starting his plan of revenge on Fernand and the judge. And the uh, Mercedes, the wife, sees him and, like, sneaks into his carriage to say, like, it's you, oh my gosh, you're alive, like, I want to make sure it's you, and he, Edmund totally blows her off and says, I don't know this guy you're speaking of, he died a long time ago, like, basically get out. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then Jacko comes up to him and says, like, I understand you are mad. Mad? My enemies are falling into my traps perfectly. Mad, your grace, for ignoring this. You have a fortune. A beautiful woman who loves you. Take the money, take the woman, and live your life. Stop this plan. Take what you have won. I can't. Why not? I am still your man, Satara. I swore an oath. I will protect you. Even if it means I must protect you from yourself. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, so that good. is awesome. I love that. So he really is just the best friend who's like, who can see that this revenge is just eating at Edmund. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so, it just is this great conflict because <gasps> you're thinking as an audience member, you're like, oh, Edmund, just go, like, live your life. But then you're yeah. also thinking, get revenge, yeah. you know? Like, you you deserve this justice or whatever. So you don't it's know this... whose side to be on. Mm -hmm. It's hard. And that's what's so great about it is that yeah. I feel like it's like that a lot of the way through the movie, and you're yeah. you're totally on his side, but you also know that it's not going to bring happiness, but it all works out in the end. So. Yeah, that's so true. I know. I think that I thought that was a cool theme that, um, again, going back to what I said earlier, like, he had to go through getting all that revenge before he finally realized, like, that's not what is going to fulfill him or bring him true happiness. But the revenge did end up working out, and it did bring him justice. Yeah. And so I, I think that was a very interesting theme, that, like, revenge is not always the answer, but I think we'll get justice in the end for yeah. people that, or things that have wronged us. And so I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, just like what the quote said on the wall, like, God will give yeah, you justice. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Which is... That's good. And I, I just love the end of the movie because Edmund has taken out a judge. Like, he's he's been able to um, work his way to put the judge in prison. And he's taken out all of 
Fernand's wealth, so he doesn't have any more money, and Fernand is like, I'm broke, basically, and um, he's got him exactly where he wants him, and at the end of the movie, it's like, Edmund has to fight Fernand, and in the beginning of the movie, before Edmund was trained in anything, and when Fernand framed him, he, Edmund lost to Fernand really awfully in a, in a fencing thing, right? And by the end of the movie, Edmund is just like, he's um, a great match for Fernand. Mm -hmm. And they do this great sword fight, and then finally ends up that Edmund kills Fernand, and as Fernand's dying, he says like, What happened to your mercy? And then Edmund says, I'm a count, not a saint. Which is what oh, yes. the priest had said to him in prison. Like, oh, I'm a priest, not a saint. Or something yeah. like that. So I love all the great callbacks. And it's, it's just a satisfying ending where, mm -hmm. like, Edmund gets his, his justice. He gets to live his life with his family. He goes back and he buys the place where he was imprisoned because he, he has so much money. He buys it and he says, I can let this go now. And he lives his life with his wife and his, his family and his reign. And it's great. It's so cute. One thing that was crazy about the fight scene with Fernand and Edmund was um, um, Edmund's blood birth son. What was his? Albert? Yeah. Albert. Yeah, yeah. And played by Henry Cavill, I know, a Superman young Superman, himself. which is crazy. Isn't that amazing? Um, but in the fight scene between Fernand and Edmund, um, Albert, Edmund's right or birth son, yeah. I guess, thinks that Fernand is his dad because mm -hmm. his mom was married to Fernand when he was born. And so he sees them fighting and he runs up to save his dad, Fernand, who he thinks is his father and he starts defending him and all this stuff. And then um, it ends up Fernand uses Albert or something to like, as a shield. And it's just so crazy because you can just see how much Albert just is betrayed because his whole life mm -hmm. he thinks that Fernand is his dad. And then his mom comes running in and says, like, no, that's not your real dad. It's Edmund and your real dad. And just, like, how crazy. I just think, you know, as a 15-year-old kid, knowing that or finding out that someone who you thought was your dad your whole life and then realizing that that's not your dad, that would be so crazy. And that he's some psycho guy. Like, yeah. he, in that moment, he showed his true colors. And I'm sure Albert was, Fernand showed his true colors. And I'm sure Albert was freaked out because he was, like, crazy and he ended up shooting his mom in the shoulder and mm -hmm. like all this stuff and so I thought that was such a crazy element too. Yeah I totally forgot about that yeah, yeah. and like um I forgot to mention in the middle of the story just talking about Albert and all that stuff um part of Edmund's plan to frame or like get revenge on Fernandez Albert's son goes to Rome Edwin hires pirates to capture him basically for Edmund to come in to save him and like get in the good graces with Fernand. Um, and so that happens and it's great. And when they get back, there's a birthday party for Albert and everyone's there. And um, Albert wants Fernand to give his, who he thinks is his dad to give this um, birthday message. And, you know, he looks up to his dad or who he thinks is his dad. And Fernand is a terrible person and leaves and says he can't do it. And then, so Edmund is like, oh, I'll, I'll give this, as the Count of Monte Cristo, he gives the speech for his son. It's really great. And you can see that, like, he Edmund would have been such a good dad to Albert if yeah. he would have had those years, but he didn't have, he was in prison the whole time. So he couldn't have been his father, you know, for that moment. 
but you can see how good he would have been. Yeah. And it's just a great moment to be like, oh, this is it's heartbreaking, but it's great. It's yeah. just, I love it. But I also think with that, those years that Edmund had in prison made him a better man. And yeah. I think in turn, it made him a better father. I think yeah. if he wouldn't have had that experience, he still would have been a great father. But I think because he had that experience in prison and he learned how to read and write yeah. and do all this sort of stuff. Yeah, I feel like it made him an even better father and really appreciate like what he didn't have and what he wanted. And yeah. so I think... Yes, he would have been a good father, and it really sucks, but also I feel like he is just a great father now yeah. because of everything he everything, went through. Right, yeah. yeah, and he could teach his son so many lessons from yeah. that. So, overall impressions, I love The County of Monte Cristo. I think it's a great movie. I haven't read the book. heard it's a tough read, but uh. as the movie, I love it. I think if you're looking for something that is a fun adventure movie, a good revenge movie, a good romance movie, like... It checks all the boxes, and I think it does it really well, and I love it. Absolutely. I 100% agree. I tried reading the book, and I think I got to chapter, like, three, and I it was just so hard. So I recommend if you're having a hard time reading the book, watch the movie, <laughs> and then it's a little easier to read the book and follow along with what's going on. But I do love that movie. I think it is very impactful, and it's just, it's just so crazy. It has a lot of crazy, awesome elements, and it's just really a good watch, so... Yeah, that's our review of The Count of Monte Cristo. Let us know what you think. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify um, or any of the streaming services, and we'll see you next time on The Consumer's Guide.